Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Sleep with one eye open. Oh, Grip in your pillow tight. Exerlite. <laughs> Enter night. Take my hand. Walk to never, never land. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did we have a real career in that? I think. I like it. Oh, we, we, (laughs) first of all, Metallica, what's up? (laughs) What's up? What's up? What's up? If you're into this, give us a call. Like, no big deal. Yeah. I obviously, you listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really had a, like, a more metalhead Metallica phase in high school. Yeah. They have some really good stuff. They have some good stuff. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. I I think it was because my stepmom was really into Metallica. And so she gave me all of these, like, CDs. Yep. That's my age. And, I, it was good. I would play, <laughs> I would play this computer game called Diablo Two. It's this, and I would listen to Metallica. It's very dark. I thought it was very. very you thought you're you're such a I know. BA. Oh like, my- oh, playing this dark game, listening to this dark music. Yeah, my dark eyeliner. <laughs> my eyeliner was as dark as my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it was. It was dark. It's darkness all the way. I love it. <laughs> I think it was the most cheerful emo kid in the whole world. <laughs> People were like, this is a confusing. You are confusing. Yeah, but it was this game. Throw them off. Yeah, right. Exactly. It was this game about you had to, you went into this town one time and there was this church and the church was kind of like possessed by all these demons. Like a hell portal had spawned underneath it. Yeah. And this, um, it was this. There was Opened this, under a church? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and there was these three devils, and one of them was named Diablo. And he was Lord of Chaos, and he would possess certain people and go to different towns. And then when he would go to the town, all these creatures and monsters would go there. So, like, different and then towns you had to and go levels. And, like, kill every, all the monsters yes, and demons. Ex- yes. It was, it was clever. Side note, my sibling definitely deleted my character at oh. one point in time. On accident. Like, okay. I don't think they knew... That it was, they were like a lot younger, mm-hmm. and it is referenced in in dire awe of what that person <laughs> did to me. I had this character; it was an Amazon. The character was dope. It was really high level. Lots of good stuff. Lots of legendary items. And yeah, yeah. I woke up one morning to play. Poof, gone. And it was gone. Oh my gosh, it was gone. And how I think, much of a rage did you go into? I was. I mean, let's so, be real. Even though I know you love your sibling, I love. I I, love. I imagine there was a bit of a rage. It was uh, really issue. bad. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so bad. I was so mad. And then the problem was, it was like really hard because at the time they had a reading problem, and I think they deleted it because they didn't know they like didn't read the full they text of yeah. Are you sure that you want to delete this? They I didn't think they understand were, what they were doing. Yeah. yeah so it was yeah. like. 
am I going to be like a mistake I would make? Oh my God. It was like, am I going to really be mad? Cause you have this like reading disorder. (laughs) But my character was gone. It was so sad. Uh, If you're listening, I want to hate you right now, but I understand. Uh, I just listened to extra Metallica that day. No big deal. <laughs> I just really turned up after that. Uh, I had a client one time that used to say that Tool would be the calm down music that they listened to. And I was like, really? Yeah. All right. Whatever works for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Go to town, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So as you all re- might remember, we still do our segment, What's Good? So I'm going to ask Michaela this week, what's good with you? Uh, this is going to be probably another level of TMI again, but lotion is good for me. Puts the lotion on its skin. Puts the lotion on the skin. We're in the Midwest and I need lotion. Yes. And I'm a weird bird in the fact that if I don't keep my skin nice and soft, I get really itchy and then I cause hives. Like I scratch myself (laughs) and I create hives. I can write words in my skin with my nails, guys. I'm that cool. (laughs) So if, if if I don't lotion myself up like a freaking like <laughs> like thick guys it's a little disgusting at first <laughs> t-h-i-c thick, thick. <laughs> yeah you gotta be a slippery slippery I little do, dolphin i do i do i'm not like let it soak in and get me all moist man if i do <laughs> i like oh. to use words that people hate <laughs> what <laughs> hated that whole thing weird little dolphin person <laughs> yes that's all okay. i have to do to prevent hives or i'm just like this rashy crazed <laughs> scratching monster like weird gremlin in the corner just itching itself <laughs> scratching itself we all gotta do a lot of things to be presentable in this society and that's just one of them that's just one of your things no big deal we accept that here gremlin's welcome yeah i'd be an itchy scratchy otherwise we don't want to be that <laughs> what's uh, your what's your what's good i am well i figured i would tell just another sleep related story hell yes last week I, please do I confided in the audience that I, I think I have a non-REM sleep disorder of some kind, but I guess it wouldn't, I don't know if it qualifies as a disorder because it doesn't disturb me that much. <laughs> it disturbs others. others. <laughs> I don't, I mean, but I'm fine. I mean, I am getting perfectly good rest. So I told the story about my sibling last week. And so this week I thought I would tell one on myself. Yes. I might. I could get probably two in there. But so the first one is that I actually told my roommate in college and then this person knew me before we roomed together. But mm-hmm. I said, hey, man, this is I'm a buck wild sleeper. I sleep eat. I sleep walk. Mm-hmm. I sleep talk. I am extremely mobile. I can do all things. And I look awake. I might seem a little off, but you may not be able to tell the difference. Damn. Yeah. Other okay. than, I mean, I seem a little weird. Like, yeah, your eyes look a little glazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look a little out of it, but um, you may not be able to 100% tell. So you, you can like ask me questions and determine. I can't wait for our first sleepover. Oh, God. <laughs> Please be I'm gonna normal. I'm going to fucking put a camera on you. Oh, you don't even know it. I just, I just need to be normal. Continue. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, it stresses me out because I know I'm going to be mobile. There's actually people I've had sleepovers with where we woke up talking together because i would like oh. talk to them the whole night and they would eventually like wake yeah, up yeah it's awesome so okay, continue this one night my and she knew i mean she was used to my buck wild sleeping but she said one night it kind of crossed a line for her because i had been <laughs> there there was two instances that crossed the line one of the instances where i was on the top bunk and we assembled the bunk bed wrong in our dorm so our dorm was just a hot mess like we didn't we were a mess. How, you, 
Okay, we, okay. You okay. assembled it wrong and it still stood and you were sleeping on it? Yes. This is dangerous. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But we were but like, we didn't, I don't think we really understood that it was wrong. We were okay. like, something about this. Doesn't. It's not quite work, but it's, it seems to be holding right. I think the bottom was on the top. Uh, so, <laughs> she had this bunk where it was like super, she was on the bottom bunk and it was super fucking close to the top bunk. So you like couldn't sit up all <laughs> Oh without hitting your head and she called it the cave and we we're just like she probably knew it was wrong she she would be a person who would know it was wrong and then just be like whatever this is fine and my dumb ass just has spatial reasoning issues so i was like i don't know it looks fine to me and so she was like sleeping in this bottom bunk cave okay. area and my area was like a cage like you couldn't get out of it and there was no real way to put the ladder up to it because it was like mm. a, a like a cage yeah and so when i was awake I would have to like very carefully like scale down the side of the cage to Mm -hmm. exit the bunk bed. I was trapped. But apparently when I was sleepwalking, I would launch myself out of it like a ninja at Like night. jump out yes! off the bed. I would, like just jump from the top yes! to the bottom. I would straight, I, I should really get her on here. I would straight Spider-Man just Spider-Man like, that shit. Yeah, I would jump out and do like a, a Power Rangers pose at the bottom of it where yes! my, my hands would be on the ground. I'd be no like, way. Ooh, you know, like all crazy. Oh. And then I would like stand up and just go over to the fridge and start munching. Like <laughs> just straight snacking. And I would eat anything like anything like sriracha sauce just in there oh whatever God. just eat it doesn't and, matter and i would eat everybody's shit it wasn't like right. just yeah, my I mean, it's own. not like you know what you're you're just eating yeah, yeah, yeah so that was the first time where she was like okay this is crossing a little bit of a line because <laughs> you're ninja throwing yourself out of this bunk bed and it's really upsetting to watch yeah and scary because you just thunk down right next and to you my land head. like a fucking superhero <laughs> as if you're about to overpower me <laughs> And then she probably wakes up to this super loud noise and is like, ah! so that's- and there you are staring, like looking at her in like the Superman pose. Like, Got shit to do in my sleep. And then the other time was, so I took German in high school and college. I think mm-hmm. I might've mentioned that. And then, so when I was studying for exams, it was, it got, I mean, I was re- really intense and I started to dream in German. I think Ooh. that's like a thing that happens when people are studying second languages. That makes like sense. they kind of. Yeah, you're like trying process. to intermingle in your memory. I mean, yeah. remember, your memory is consolidating. So oh, it makes yeah. sense that about, that would be yeah. stirring that shit. I didn't even think about that. We did talk about that last time. It's trying to go into deeper memory. And, right. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. So dream in German. And uh, apparently that wasn't all I would do. You would be- talk. Yes, because I was talking German, which really- At least really- it wasn't Latin. Yeah, at least it wasn't Latin. <laughs> right, right. But I would, I would talk in German and I was learning at the time in German this song. And I think it was oh, called no. like, I, All My Little Duckies, All My, All of Mine Incha. Like, and it had, it was like this children's song about duckies. Oh, God. Was, but I, it was creepy as fuck. Yeah. So I would like sing, I was like singing a German <gasps> song at night. I know. And she was like, Homie, you are a lot. Like, you're a lot to tolerate. <laughs> you're a lot. <laughs> you're a lot to tolerate. And so, <laughs> she was so sweet and i i swear like she's not a person who would make these things up and i right. she's like a very tolerant calm just like la 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 <laughs> i la. know just report the <laughs> la 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 <laughs> i know so i'm one creepy ass sleeper and i have more i mean i literally have more but i'll i'll stop for today but those are my I creepy sleep stories i love that yeah. So I, I'm terrified, but I can't wait to, to have a summer oh, party with you no. someday. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to like strap myself in. You're going to see me put like these like little movement straps Bungie on cords. myself. Put a little gag in my mouth. God. It's not weird. <laughs> so what did you try for outside of the podcast experiment? 
So mine was just to monitor my sleep a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And something that I did notice is how much my sleep is impacted from the days that I go into the office versus the days that I'm able to telework and the weekends. Oh, tell me about that. Yeah. So I don't, I think there's probably multiple factors at play. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say it's all the things, but partially I know I wake up earlier on days that I go in. Yeah. So that's, you know, limiting my sleep a little bit. I'm not always good about falling, falling asleep earlier, but I'm always waking up earlier on those days. But I think another part I think is the roots of the organization I work for are just toxic and corrupt. <laughs> so I think that that somehow just ekes into my soul when I walk into that building. <laughs> just like an osmosis of evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think just the days I go in the office, obviously, I think I just get a little more stress and I have more trouble just mentally unwinding. Mm. And I'm just, I'm more like exhausted, but my thoughts are more racy. Mm. Whereas when I'm doing it at home, I, I somehow am better able to kind of have that work-life balance and, and somehow better able to wind down. Like somehow the work stressors don't hit, hit me as hard. Yeah. I actually have the same sort of phenomenon when I work from home. Even though it might be like more diffuse stress, I don't get as escalated. Right. And so I have an easier time sleeping. Yeah. So by the time I'm home and I, you know, get the shower, like, I mean, your your day is already longer because yeah. you're driving in, you're, yeah. you know, doing all the other stuff. You're waking up earlier so you can put real clothes on instead of, you know, just scarfing it to, real- <laughs> to cover <laughs> cover your unbroad boobies. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my move, Scarf Town. Yes. Feel free to hey, everybody feel free to steal that. If you don't want to wear a bra and you're on a tele appointment, just scarf, scarf it up, baby. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't even worry tip pro tip free boobin yeah they don't want to be in boob jail they don't want to be they don't um be. but yeah so i just i thought that was an interesting thing from monitoring my sleep i was like okay so i sleep really shitty i get way less sleep it's not as rested i can't i don't wind down as well like i yeah. I, I it was just a really interesting i that notice. is i do feel like that's interesting yeah i and i noticed the, the exact same thing so that's yeah, it's funny not, that you say that. not strange, but good to notice. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I just kept up with the no eating before right, right. bed. I, I will say that I do still get kind of hungry before bed. So I'll do like a like a bowl of like a really small bowl of cereal or something. And that is OK. So okay. I had to like flex it a little bit because I'm a hungry, hungry hippo right before bed. And it still works as long as it's small and not like bacon you know like I don't, if i don't right just, like, you're being cautious and conscientious of what you're eating and yeah. how much you're eating yeah. and what time you're eating it before bed like yeah something yeah. light but if i eat tachos before bed which i <laughs> want to do tachos being nachos made with tater tots oh yeah if i eat those right before bed it's bad dreamland but if i eat like a little bit of cornflakes everything's chill so good mm. good to know yeah my personal, my body does not like to digest like heavy fatty foods. Apparently. I mean, I, I imagine that's most. I mean, pay attention again. If you're eating right before bed, that indigestion impacts our ability to fall asleep and can keep us awake. Yeah, absolutely. So in this episode, guys, we're going to be completing part two of discussing sleep disorders and really how to manage some sleep conditions right. just, or just sleep disturbances. Today, we're going to be talking a little more about treatments and interventions for sleep-related mm-hmm. issues. So this is more the practical side. The previous was more the informational side. We're going to review just really quickly some of the biological treatments like meds. But keep in mind, this is not our emphasis area. Right. We're just going to We are not breeze. medication providers. Yeah. We're just <laughs> going to breeze right through that for the most part. Uh, but we wanted to mention it. And then next, we're going to talk about therapies and changing your behavior mm-hmm. so that you can 
help with your own sleep so you don't necessarily have to do all this extra right but firstly there are a couple of common medications we see prescribed for sleep i i have a lot of opinions about these mm-hmm. um it's just what i see it's just right. what i see in my patient population so like keep in mind if this is if i'm not representing your experience no big deal like do what's right for yeah me. do do what feels good for you guys this yeah is, again this is not professional yeah 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 we have a disclaimer at the beginning yeah. oh my god listen to it listen to it i think If you're going to start with trying a medication, honestly, I think start with an over-the-counter melatonin. Yeah. If you're really struggling, I would start there if you're going to try a medication because I I agree with you. I have some bias against a lot of the sleep aids because they can be very easily addictive and you can become dependent on them for your sleep. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a risk with a lot of these medications. Yeah. And a lot of them have like hangover effects. So Mm -hmm. you may still be groggy or drowsy in the morning. It can be tough to operate like if you have to operate heavy you're not allowed like legit yeah yeah you you shouldn't be doing that you probably shouldn't be driving with a lot of these meds if you still have that hangover effect yep and a lot of us do and again you get your body gets more tolerant of it over time so you need more and more and the other thing is a lot of them have the buck wild side Side effects effects. oh my god they get some buck wild sleep sleep drugs are an interesting class of drugs yes that i don't For just at least the clients that I have treated in the past, it is rare. I mean, I I often do not see people get it right with sleep medications. I feel like there are so many other factors at play mm-hmm. that people take a sleep medication and they're like, I mean, it helped a little right. is usually the report I get. It's like, well, I fell asleep, but I just still feel not rested yeah i just i just like i mean i conked out and i didn't dream about shit and it was great but like after a while it's like well i'm not really i don't actually feel like i'm getting rest from it is what a lot of people tell me yeah i think the medications can get you that short-term effect like Mm -hmm. i want to fucking sleep now yeah okay i have to to freaking sleep now it's been these many months and i'm like so i I get it yeah but for the long term it tends to be detrimental yeah I, feel. I, I would say i haven't really taken a whole lot of sleep related medications i've taken like a unison like twice and i had like bad sleep hangover effects and like benadryl which you're not supposed to take for sleep but right like to fall asleep i've done that like on like yeah benadryl or, or like night quill type yeah, of thing <laughs> yeah and that's how, but that's really my total experience of sleep meds right so, i've never really dabbled either yeah so keep in mind like we're we're from an outsider perspective here so we right. get it but Right. Some of the common ones, they often do use antidepressants. Too. Yeah, there's that comorbidity. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense to just kill two birds with one stone if you can. Yeah. So if you're treating the depression, then maybe the theory is, is that some of the sleep stuff remits. Right. And those are like amitriptyline, remeron, trazodone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of thing. Uh, benzodiazepines. Yes. These are older sleeping related pills. There may be things like uh, Restorol or tri- Triazolam and other ams like when you hear am <laughs> at the name of a of a medication that's, yeah yeah you're right most of them do have the am that's usually a benzo we've also got lunesta which is the one that helps you fall asleep click quickly uh, people tend to sleep an average of seven eight hours but it you need to get a full night's sleep on that one it could right. cause yeah that one could have the real bad hangover effect as my understanding was lunesta the one that no that, that people was, did some weird shit on is that lunesta or I ambien think- uh, I can't both remember. of those i think have had some weird yeah like people eating and walking and yeah driving. yeah yeah yep, like, yep, like yep, it yep. disables the rem system basically yep. yeah so we've got ambien also they work well for helping you get asleep but some mm-hmm. people wake in the middle of the night um there's extended right. release versions we've got things like silence or mm-hmm. 
And we've got other options like over-the-counter type sleep aids. You're not supposed to take, you know, antihistamines necessarily for sleep. You're not supposed to take cold and allergy meds for sleep, but a lot of people do use that. Or like Unisom. Right. There are sleep aids over-the-counter. So these are just like common ones that we see in our practice. So there's also a sleep medication used for nightmares. So for people with PTSD, often they'll prescribe Prozosin. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these things are not originally geared for sleep. They were like you know heart medication or something like that right. beforehand and they just end up helping with sleep yeah sometimes it's funny medications end up what they end up being marketed for is not what they were designed to do they they make mm-hmm. a medication for something but the side effect end up being so intense that they're like okay this is what this medication does now yeah this is this <laughs> <laughs> the side effect is the medicine yeah psych <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's kind of the medicines we're not gonna go too far yeah we'll we'll Down carry on so yeah, the best method really, in our opinion, for improving sleep is the therapeutic interventions. Um, and the gold standard for that is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So before we get into the nuts and bolts, we'll just kind of tell you a little bit about the research that supports why cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is effective. Yeah. So it's called CBTI, and that'll be what we'll be referencing the entire rest of this episode. But this is one of those treatments where as a therapist, when I use this treatment, it works like yeah, <laughs> works 60% of the time every time. <laughs> <laughs> it, work, it does work like gangbusters. Like if people do it and it's really just right. we're really just treating insomnia, that's it, then people get better. Right. Especially if or if like I treat their PTSD first and the PTSD remits and they just have some residual insomnia. insomnia stuff. If I treat them with CBTI, like this is one of these things that if applied correctly, it is like a very satisfying intervention. Right. And it works like gangbusters. Right. And again, the baseline CBT is often used for anxiety, depression, depression. a yeah. lot of these other comorbid issues Issues. Mm -hmm. so you can kind of overlap the cbti with throwing in a few other so you can throw in the cbti with other modalities yeah absolutely so just to give a little bit of background on the research people who they have found some research that show that people stopping sleeping pills get a lot of efficacy from cbti Mm -hmm. and that actually cbti can help reduce benzodiazepine use or other addictive medication use and uh, this has been specifically shown in people with panic disorder, but also other types of condition. Mm-hmm. It also shows that this works in an older adult population, CBTI decreasing mm-hmm. the use of sleeping pills and helping people sleep better. And it also works in just adult, regular adult populations. People with insomnia due to depression have really intense benefit from yes. cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, uh, and it improves their fatigue symptoms. We've also figured out that even briefly delivering this model, not even just the full model, but just giving like like a half-ass version of the model. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Which which a lot of us, like we do half-ass versions of the model when we're in like medical settings and we only have like 30 minutes, let's say. Even a half-ass version of the model actually works as well as or better than medications. And the research shows that a lot of the treatment gains from medicine end up being short term and then don't really outweigh cbti it seems like cbti outweighs it in the long run so you kind of might as well start there 
Yes. Yeah. That that was the one article I found where they analyzed five different studies comparing CBTI with the medications. And it suggested that CBTI was more effective for the long term, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, the medications did help in the short term. But overall, again, there there were some consequences in the long term, unfortunately, sometimes. So Right. And I also found meta-analytic reviews that show that CBTI is effective for insomnia with anxiety. Mm. Right. So again, we've right. got these comorbid things. We've also got CBTI being effective, like I said, after you treat the PTSD or even before you treat the PTSD, it can right. be useful. There are a lot of common uses for this. And I, I'm looking here and I see at least 60 studies, at least, just on this piece of paper I have. So it's effective with, it can help with sleep disturbance related to bipolar disorder, psychosis, uh, delusions and hallucinations. I mean, you name it, CBTI is pretty freaking effective and these tools work fairly well across the board. So I'm sold on it. And now you you can go back and listen to our episode on evidence-based treatments. There's obviously strengths and weaknesses to evidence-based treatments. And I right. don't think EBPs always capture everybody's Everything. experience. Right. And that we do need to flex the model a lot for people so that they can, you know, get, get the what full they need. benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's still a very the the model itself has been researched hard yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the evidence supports it yeah and and again cbti it basically is trying to help identify those thoughts feelings and behaviors that are contributing to the symptoms of your insomnia exactly so let's talk about the actual cognitive behavioral therapy protocol we won't go through an exact intervention step by step but we're no. going to talk about the principles so that you can maybe apply some of those yourself uh there are three basic ones sleep assessment so what the hell's going on there? <laughs> Sleep restriction and stimulus control. I'm sure you can talk about each of these. Each one of these is important for be- better managing sleep. So again, those three principles are first, assessment of your sleep, mm-hmm. then sleep restriction and stimulus control. We'll walk through each one to aid folks in intervening on their own behalf. But let's start with assessment. Right. So what sorts of things would you want to no, if you were starting to assess your own sleep, what like maybe if you were keeping, let's say, a sleep journal or a right. sleep right, and that's the thing. We we before we can do our behavior experiment, remember, mm-hmm. we have to co- gather the information Get and gather the data. the data. Get the data <laughs> right. So you do want to start tracking your circadian rhythm by using either a diary or a journal. You'll want to know what time you went to bed, mm-hmm. what time you actually got in bed, what yeah. time you fell asleep. Uh huh. What time you woke up? Mm-hmm. Did you take any naps? How long were they? Yep. How many times did you wake up in the middle of the night? How long was How that? long were you awake in those wakenings? Did you what did you do? Right. Did you wake up earlier than desired? Mm-hmm. Did you have trouble waking up when the alarm went off? Mm-hmm. What was your caffeine consumption like in the daytime? Mm. How much exercise did you get that day? Right. Uh, what was your worry and anxiety like that day? Right. Uh, how depressed were you that day? Right. What did you do that day? And is there anything correlated with what you did that day and with how your you sleep. slept? Yeah. And what was the quality of that sleep? I mean, mm-hmm. also kind of note, like, did you feel rested? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you had talked about, you know, what did you do that day? But also, what associations do you even have with your bedroom? You know, an important part of CBTI is addressing the thoughts and perceptions that we have about sleep. Mm -hmm. 
And so part of the insomnia factor is really getting anxious and not being able to sleep, which in turn, then, you know, the biological nature of anxiety keeps us aroused and awake. Mm -hmm. And so it's a vicious cycle. Yes. And so you need to also be aware of what am I associating with sleep? What do I, what are my thoughts and beliefs about sleep? You know, do a little monitoring on that as well. Yeah. Keeping a little journal on your thoughts. It's also really important to know what you are doing in the bed. Yes. So are you playing on your phone in the bed? Right. Are the, what is the atmosphere of the bedroom like? Is it cool? Is it hot? Are there lights on? Is right. the t- are you watching TV right yes. before bed? What are you doing right before bed? And what are you doing in the bed itself is going to be critical information. Right. And then you'll move on to sleep restriction. Mm-hmm. So let's discuss uh, what that is as well as how these behavior changes can improve our sleep. Yes. So sleep restriction is pretty much what it sounds like. This is the people, the part that people balk at most. Uh, (laughs) Most of my clients are like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Right. (laughs) When I recommend this part, it's like one of those things. Sounds counterproductive at first. Yeah. You gotta be cruel to be kind. (laughs) That sort of uh, intervention. (laughs) So a lot of times I will give you some examples. Well, overall sleep restriction is when you decrease somebody's available time to be sleeping in order to increase their sleep efficiency. Right. So for example, if somebody is laying awake, they go to bed at nine o'clock and they don't go to sleep sleep until 11 Mm o'clock, then sleep restriction, well, this is actually a little bit of stimulus control too. (laughs) Um, But part of it would be asking them to remove themselves from the bed for the Mm -hmm. time period where they're typically just laying awake. Right. Don't get in bed until the 11 o'clock. Yep. You don't even get in there. You don't even get in there. Or uh, another classic sleep restriction technique, and people are going to throw a fit about this. Every one of my clients says, you can't nap. You yes. can't nap. Yeah. I, I have no a- naps. No naps. I- it, it throws off your rhythm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are the magical fairy being like my father who can take naps and, and survive, then that's okay. But yeah, it- <laughs> most people, that nap ends up messing up your sleep wake cycle yeah there are there are people so napping should be maximum 20 minutes it should be a little bit of a rest there should be alarm set and then you get up from the 20 minutes i am aware that people have chronic pain issues that might be a little bit different of a situation we can talk about at some point and some people have like newborns and stuff like that where that's that's a different sort of thing but let's say you have a stable schedule generally Mm -hmm. no naps and there is a reason that i describe as this Imagine that you take a two-hour nap during the day. What I say is you are borrowing two hours from your sleep bank at night with interest. So you're not just borrowing two hours. You're borrowing like four. And would you rather get two hours now in the daytime or would you rather get that three or four back at night? And usually people want to have four. The other reason why for no napping is – it decreases your sleep efficiency. So if you nap during the daytime, then what happens is you have less – deep sleep at nighttime Mm -hmm. so one so sleep restriction is basically just removing your availability to sleep at certain times the other thing is that if you wake up in the morning and you wake up at six o'clock and you're awake at six Mm o'clock and you don't fall asleep within five or ten minutes then you get out of the bed right you are not laying around in the bed. So a lot of this is about decreasing the time you spend laying awake. in the bed. Mm-hmm. You're making the bed associated with just sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Which is part which of is the later. reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is part of the reason why we need such a um, clear assessment. The assessment yes. piece of how you are sleeping. I really recommend keeping that sleep journal. And if you were to Google 
uh, CBTI, cognitive behavioral therapy. Sleep journal. Sleep journal. You could probably find. Yeah. yeah you 100%. Would, it would be super easy to track that yourself. Right. So establish what your wake time is and what your bedtime is. And again, that is you are in bed when you're falling asleep and mm-hmm. you are waking up when that alarm goes off. Exactly. Um, and this strengthens that circadian rhythm. And again, if if to reinforce part of the issue is when you're laying in bed, if you're laying there for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, get up, guys. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not trying to do the sleep restriction to the T, get up. You have to reset. Do something mundane. Mm-hmm. Maybe make tomorrow's lunch. Maybe watch the weather channel. Calming. Something calming. Something very calming. And fold some clothes. Yeah. Organize a junk drawer. <laughs> do a Sudoku. Something boring as something hell. Something boring as hell. But get up and reset. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of the problem. You can't if you're laying in there, you're you're perpetuating it. Yeah. So this is called. I always I just kind of blend these all the time. So because yeah. it's not even really patients don't care what the labels are. Stimulus control is when it's like a classical conditioning principle. So mm-hmm. everybody keep in mind that there are two types of like behavioral modification theories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like operant conditioning and classical conditioning. Operant conditioning is when you. Uh, let's say I am a person, which I am, not a lizard person. <laughs> let's God. say I'm a human being, not a lizard person. <laughs> I might be a lizard person. And every time I see a green light on my computer screen, if I you know, poke my space bar on my keyboard, then I get a little chocolate candy. But if I see a red light, then I don't poke that. But if I do, I get shocked. Right. So it's just like, here's a punishment or here's a reward. And mm. that's how I'm training. Here's a punishment right. or punishment a reward. Punishment and a reward. Yep. Punishment and a reward. Classical conditioning is when you associate a certain stimulus with another thing happening. Right. So, that's, so that is Pavlov. Yeah. Dog rings a bell. Yep. Gets yes. a uh, Russian scientist, puts a dog in a cage, rings a bell. And then he gives sh- him a Shows treat. it meat powder and then it starts to salivate. Right. So it starts to associate the sound of the bell with the meat powder and soon you don't even need the middle stimulus. Right. You soon just you the ring bell. the bell and the dog is salivating. Right. With or without a meat powder. Right. So it's like this environment or the situation stimulates a certain response. And we care about that for sleep because yes. we want all of the things in your bedroom and bed to begin to stimulate this process, this biological process, not of salivating. That would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) You go in there, you're like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, we want your bedroom and your bed to stimulate the process of wanting to fall asleep. Right. So we want to classically condition it or associate it with that. Right. Which really does mean, guys, you can't use your bedroom as a hangout. You can't spend your whole day hanging in your bedroom. Your bed has to be associated with just sleep and sexy time. Yeah, you, it can be sexy time. That's fine. That's fine. But yeah. a- other than that, don't don't make it your place to chill because now that's associated mm-hmm. with just hanging out and you're going to be have more trouble sleeping at night. Right. So like, let's say, for example, you're a person who has depression. And you were like, you know what? Today's not a good day. I'm going to lay in bed all day, watch some YouTube, watch Mm -hmm. some Netflix. And then what starts to happen is your brain starts to associate the bed with depressed thoughts. It starts mm-hmm. to associate with the bed, the bed with feeling bad. It starts to associate right. the bed with watching Netflix and waking up. Those are the associations of the bed. Right. If you're laying in bed all day or if you're hanging out in your bedroom all day. Yes. If, however, like let's say you're laying awake for two hours at night and you get up and you only go to bed when you're about ready to fall asleep, the bed becomes a strong stimulus cue yes. for sleep. And so it helps you. It's like an upward spiral. 
So we want you to get out of your bedroom during the day, get out of your bed during the day, mm-hmm. try another sleep hygiene technique is no phones in bed, y'all. Right. The blue light, the phones, the the TVs, that stuff is actually yeah. affecting you. Again, the, the light from it itself yeah. is affecting our ability to yeah. fall asleep. Yeah. The light, the light cue we talked about last time. Right. That circadian rhythms and chemical responses in your body are susceptible to light cue your brain does not know that that isn't the fucking sun yeah. like it thinks it's the, <laughs> the sun the fucking sun yeah it <laughs> thinks it's the sun <laughs> so you look at your phone it's like oh dope we awake right <laughs> it looks at the tv and not uh the tv is the worst because or like watching something is the worst because the brain both sees a light signal and a movement cue right that is like the word that is like biologically like get up and run you yeah, know? Like, yeah. <laughs> go back to caveman things if you yeah. see something moving the lights are coming on you better be paying attention yeah and i'm gonna get on my little soapbox here i think a lot of people hopefully you i want y'all to know that i care about you and this is just like a a real talk with sunny moment this the tv doesn't fucking help you fall asleep it doesn't help you fall asleep if one more person tells me the tv helps them fall asleep i'm gonna lose it the tv doesn't help you fall asleep fight me right it just doesn't the Be- noise you might like the background noise yeah the white like, noise. i can see that the white mm-hmm. noise can block out other noises totally Sure, but you can do that in a way that does not have flashy lights and movement. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or like I have a lot of clients who like watch murder stories before they- Oh my Jesus. (laughs) They're like, it helps me fall asleep. Watching like a scary- people screaming in the background ah! yeah let me let me actually give you a hypothesis here about why it quote helps you fall asleep what really is happening there is you have paired murder stories at night or your tv watching at night with falling asleep so right. many times that you've classically conditioned something that is right awful for you for sleep to then become a cue for sleep can you imagine how much better things would be how much more restful and better your sleep would be if you classically condition things that already helped you fall asleep to being there for your sleep right so i really do recommend turning the tv off a lot of people will tell me to who have ptsd which this is totally understandable that like it helps provide a feeling of safety and a lot of times in that sense i would just say like I do have empathy for that. It's like, okay, yeah, like yeah, I get hearing it. people and feeling like people, yeah, yeah I get it. I do. Around. It, like, but we will often like, so then we'll like wait and do the TV as intervention later, like turning off the TV as intervention right, later. Right, right. Don't, don't start there then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like if it really is something like that for you, then just like hold tight, try and do something Try other else stuff first. first. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually we can like do safety behaviors like having a bat next to your bed or like <laughs> locking your door or whatever it is you feel like you need right. to feel a little bit safer. But yeah, you want to make sure your sleep environment is safe, quiet, and pleasant. So mm-hmm. the environment, like we talked about with even the colors and the, the how everything we consume affects us, our environment matters. Make it a nice, cool bedroom. Normally, we want it to be a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, dark as hell. Dark, yes. Dark as my eyeliner playing Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> limit, like we said before, limit caffeine, nicotine. Mm-hmm. consuming those before bed or like even in the late afternoon like a few hours before can really yeah. fuck up your sleep yeah i have a rule <laughs> this is not a val- empirically validated rule but i it's what i use for clients which is three before three you mm. got three cups of coffee or three 
like caffeine drinks standard please not like a tall boy of <laughs> kickstart or whatever but like three standard caffeinated drinks like 100 milligrams before 3 p.m and you're usually good to go right but here's what's up i think the recommendation is actually before noon <laughs> but i'm like an afternoon coffee drinker so i like to flex it a little bit right but yeah it really should be like two before noon but i say three before three i like it i like it i think three is a good cutoff time yeah i dig it and like we said before, we don't want to eat maybe right before bed. Avoid drinking alcohol before going to bed too, guys. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people find it relaxing and they think, oh, it helps me just zonk out. Okay, sure. But it affects the quality of your sleep. Yeah. How often are you getting up to pee, guys? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to sleep well with alcohol. I, I, I get that it is a depressant. It helps you feel relaxed. But yeah, in the long run, it... it Poor quality. This might be a pull out of my butt fun fact again, but I believe, like I said, I believe that alcohol reduces your ability to get into REM sleep or it shortens the window of REM sleep. And I also believe that there is something called, I do know that there is something called REM rebound Mm. so that when people uh, stop using a substance that shortens their REM window, they have a REM rebound, which means they have a lot longer amount of REM sleep. And what happens is they have nightmares. In that time. So it's like that makes sense. Yeah. So you see a lot of people like Mm -hmm. with PTSD Mm -hmm. who like this is my bread and butter, everybody. So you see people with PTSD, they're drinking to fall asleep, which is again totally understandable. And then you know, but they're they're actually making their nightmares worse. They're gonna yeah, Yeah. eventually, like whenever you withdraw, yep, is gonna be like the bad, bad for nightmares. But they'll be like, Well, I'm not I don't feel rested, but I don't have the nightmares when I drink. So that's a lot of times why they drink. And then they're like, Well, I stopped drinking and my nightmares got worse. It's like that's temporary. You're in REM rebound. Right. But it's just like another kind of cue to maybe lay off the substances, please. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Reduce, consider reducing. Exercise is obviously really great, gets the energy out of our body, but avoid doing it right before bed. Yeah. That I mean, you're you're getting all those things flowing. You don't want to do that right before you're trying to lay down and relax your body. Yeah. I think there might be something having to do with cortisol. Like if cor- I think so, yeah. Yeah. If there's like cortisol as a wake up hormone, I think you might release cortisol when you when run. When you're exercising. Yeah, don't quote me on that. Anyway, don't exercise about two hours before you run. Right. Before you run, before you go to bed. Oh my God, don't exercise. <laughs> well, in my case, before you fucking launch yeah, right. yourself off or you jump off the bed, oh my God, super <laughs> ninja style. <laughs> I'll be running in my oh, sleep anyway. God. It won't matter, right? <laughs> Avoid clock watching. Mm. Turn that clock around if you need to, because checking that time is just making it worse. But again, if it's been a long, like if you've been laying there, then get up. Yeah. We we say like I eyeball it in the sense of like if you feel like it's been about twenty minutes, right? That's when you get out of the bed. Do not watch the clock. Just kind of estimate. That's a totally fine, acceptable response to that. Right. And again, we it's really good to have some kind of wind down routine mm, that you implement to help your mind and body and everything. Just kind of this is bedtime now. Start to transition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it has to transition. And I think Michaela even mentioned, well, in a previous episode, a part like sooner than your wind down routine, you can do a worry record. Like if you find that you're having a really, really hard time stopping ruminations or worries. Yes. You do your worry log for a half an hour or an hour every day. And it's like, okay, that's my worry time. I write all the concerns I have down during that time. When I begin to worry at night, I do a little thought stopping where I'm like, nope, I'll put that in my worry record tomorrow. Right, right. 
And if you have to do a little bit of that journaling before bed, I mean, I do encourage the worry, specific worry time, do that, maybe not, not right, right, right before bed. Sure. But in general, as a wind down, if you need to journal a little bit and and get some of those thoughts out, so you're not just letting them ruminate, externalize them, get them out. Yeah. That can be really helpful. And then after you've gotten those to-do lists or what have you out of your head, Mm -hmm. then do something to relax your body Mm -hmm. and help your body rest. Do you have a wind down routine that you use? What do you do? You put the lotion on it. <laughs> I put the lotion on the skin. <laughs> you just lube up <laughs> and slide astroglide into just your slide sheets. Slide into sheets. <laughs> gross. Like, What's up, baby? <laughs> oh, so gross. Your hair's all like slick back. Oh, God. That's not it. No. <laughs> That's I, it. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> I really, I, I do and I don't. It. Uh, that's, that's actually going to be part of my homework. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you have just out of curiosity now? And it, we can do the homework I later. do tend to shower at night. Okay. So yeah. I kind of do like a releasing the day, shower, get rid of things. And uh-huh. and then, I, I mean, there is some lotion on the skin that occurs I there. I knew it. And then I'm I blow drying the hair. And I'm just kind of like hanging out and just kind of like chilling okay. by myself like i take a little alone time okay generally mm, i love some alone time okay yeah i have zero sleep routine <laughs> so it's asking for a friend like i literally just like stop watching tv stand up and walk to bed lay down <laughs> that's the whole it's awful it's absolutely awful i do and i often put on uh music in the background like i'll i'll mm-hmm. i will bring up like a youtube but i put it like mm-hmm. so it's the the lights are closed and off like i'm not mm-hmm. seeing it's not directed at my face and I'm not looking at it. I yes. have it off in the corner somewhere else playing yeah. playing magical rain or Ooh, music. Rain. Yeah, I really like the thunder and rain yeah. kind of night sounds yeah. and it helps block out the city noises that I hate. Yeah, that's really a good – that's a really good one. Yeah, uh, just for other people wanting to know about wind down routines, um, keep it sensory, right? Like your yes. five senses, like you want to – you want like a soothing sound, so yep. it can be rain, heartbeat if you're a weirdo. <laughs> hey, hey, I dig it. If you're freaky like that, heartbeats. <laughs> no, I like the uh, like ocean sounds or something yeah. like that. They have those like those piano hurts, like the vibrational mm-hmm. noises too. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Different meditations too that yeah. they have for that to help wind you down if you need. Absolutely. Smells can be like essential oils, like lavender, et cetera. Yes. Those are lavender is a great mm-hmm. thing. Put spray a little bit of that on your pillow, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. What's up? About to be sleeping like a BB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if sight is you want to like dim the lights, right, and have a cozy, clean environment. We talked about our cleanliness episode. Yep. Um, taste. I mean, you could have like chamomile tea or something like that before, before bed. bed. You have like a sleepy time tea, right. and then touches. Obviously, make sure your bed itself is comfortable, comfortable um, and soft. Hell but yeah. you can like. Again, part of the wind down routine, you can incorporate like a shower or whatever right. it is, like something putting lotion on its skin. Kayla's got a lot of sensory things <laughs> in her heart. Yeah, like great example, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do. I kind of wanted to lead our listeners through an exercise, a body relaxation exercise called progressive muscle relaxation. Mm. Well, I will do it because I'm a listener right now. So let me PMR with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this exercise. Uh, I'm, if you're driving, you know, don't be closing your eyes, like adjust this thing for what you're doing, guys. Please don't hurt yourself yeah, by yeah, trying to do yeah. this in an environment that you can't do yes, this. Do this. Come space. back later and try it then yes. when you can. Yes. 
So in general, what this exercise is, is we're going to go through each muscle group kind of head to toe. We're going to tense up those muscle groups and we're going to squeeze really tight Mm -hmm. and hold that tension. And we're going to hold it for like 10 to 15 seconds and then we're going to release. And generally you kind of like let that release hold for a little while, but I'm going to hop on to the next just to get us, keep us rolling. Mm -hmm. And this is a skill you can use before bed while you're laying in bed even. And I also like to start it with deep breathing, but I'm just going to jump right into the muscle relaxation. Sounds great. Okay. So first, let's tense all the muscles in your forehead. Raise your eyebrows as high as they'll go, as though you're surprised by something, and hold this tension. And release. Now we're going to tense the muscles in your eyes and cheeks. Squeeze your eyes tightly shut and hold this tension. And release. Now tense all the muscles in your mouth and jaw. Open your mouth as wide as you can, as if you're yawning, and hold this tension. drain out of your face. Now tense the muscles in your neck. Slowly pull your head back as though you're looking up at the ceiling and hold this tension. And release. Give your neck a roll. Do a couple clockwise, do a couple counterclockwise. going to tense the muscles in our hands and forearms. Make a fist with your hands and put your arm straight out in front of you and tense both of those muscle groups and hold that tension. And release. Now tense the muscles in your upper arms. Bring your forearm up to your shoulder to kind of make a muscle hold that tension. And release. Now tense the muscles in your shoulders. Bring your shoulders up toward your ears and hold this tension. in your shoulder blades. Push your shoulder blades back, trying almost to touch them together so that your chest is pushed forward. And hold this tension. And release. Give your shoulder some rolls. Now let's tense the muscles in our upper and lower back and stomach simply by sitting up straight or if you're in bed, either way, tighten your stomach muscles and hold that tension. And release. Now we're going to tense the muscles in our chest. Breathe in deeply, filling up your chest and lungs with air and hold that tension in air.
release. Now we're gonna tense the muscles in our hips and butt. Squeeze those butt muscles and hold that tension. And release. Now your thighs and upper legs. Tighten and squeeze those thigh muscles and hold that tension. calf and lower legs. Slowly extend your legs out in front of you and point your toe toward you to stretch that calf muscle and hold that tension. And release. Now tense all the muscles in your feet. Curl your toes downward and hold that tension. Allow your attention to move around your body. If there's any residual tension in any part of your body, tense that part of your body now and hold that tension. And release. So yeah, that's kind of the gist of progressive muscle relaxation. Hopefully you guys feel all muscly relaxed now. The great thing with knowing these two is if just throughout the day you notice that you're carrying some tension in those muscle groups, Guys, use this. I, I care. I use the face ones and the shoulder blades so much just randomly because I carry so much tension there, even if I'm not doing the full progressive muscle relaxation. Yeah. So tuck those away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually feel like, man, I, I did that with the audience and I feel like dramatically better after probably three minutes. And it's funny because I've noticed that I'm a very like I'm a very cerebral person, like I'm always in my mind mm -hmm. or up in the air or thinking about something or planning something. And I, it's very limited that I am in my body. And I always, I think I'm in my body. Right. I think I'm aware of my yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. And then I do that exercise. I'm like, what in the world? What is going is, on in here? What oh, is yeah. up with this yes. place that I'm living in? Right? <laughs> it's not good. There's crap everywhere. And right. so it's whenever I do it, even for just three minutes, I feel pretty much immediately better. So yeah. it's always and stunning to All me. of my clients, honestly, I, I have a very small handful that maybe weren't super fans of this, but pretty much everybody loves this exercise. Yeah. They, it helps them fall asleep. Some yeah. people don't make it all the way through yeah. the exercise before yeah. they're passed out. Right. Right. It's a good one. It's a real good one. I appreciate that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little benefit today. <laughs> so what are we going to try to do for the practice? I know we we alluded to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is going to be doing a better effort at engaging in wind down activities. Mm -hmm. So I obviously have a little bit of a ritual, but I don't conscientiously do anything. Mm -hmm. And especially because of that work factor that I was talking mm -hmm. about. I think I need to throw in some journaling aspects, yeah. especially on those days that I am office dealings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Evil osmosis. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to throw that in there and see how it rolls. God, that's these are all such good ideas. How about I, you? I, I have no, like I said, I have no, I don't think I've ever had a sleep wind down routine which is bananas that is bananas yeah what I, would you like, like if you added one thing to like to have a like i you know that journal sounds really good to me yeah. actually the journal sounds really good to me i'm uh 
I like to, I'm a big fan of hot baths. Mm. I'm a big fan of journaling. I'm a big fan of like listening to music, like a little yes. bit of piano. Fucking, put a little, put some nice piano music yeah. on and do a little journal. Oh, what if you get in a bathtub, uh-huh. put the music the on, light a candle, yeah. do the journal. Ooh, Ooh, all together now. Girl. All together now. All together now. <laughs> Birds with one stone. Yeah. I mean, it, and that would only take like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but I'm, I'm, I just have never done it. I really should do. That actually sounds really pleasant to me. I, I do some of that stuff like during the day when I get stressed out. Right. And I bet if I just put it at night. And like I said, since COVID, I've been having a little bit more trouble sleeping. Usually I've been a really good sleeper. So I never had like. You I never needed a wind down tech. Yeah. 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 It yeah, yeah. was not relevant to me. And now all of a sudden it's becoming super freaking relevant <laughs> to me. And so I can't just fall asleep at any time. And I think that would be helpful. And again, I think it's honestly just. We need to do a whole episode on the stress of being a healthcare provider during COVID, y'all. Oh my gosh. Lit me the fuck up. And I I think not even just a healthcare provider, but in general, we're living in a traumatic era and yet we're trying to treat all this shit, but you're still in the trauma. You know, I think about, you think about how you're not able to treat somebody when they're still in the thing, but we're still in it. Yeah. (laughs) We're still in the trauma, but we're trying to treat it. And it's, oh my Jesus. It's pretty much like every week, (laughs) what it feels like to be a mental health provider right now is you, a patient comes in to the ER with a gunshot wound to the chest (laughs) and you take out the bullet and you stop the bleeding and you're like, all right, homie, go back out there, have a blast. Like, you're going to feel much better. And then they get shot again. <laughs> and they come back. And they just keep going to the same right, place. Right. They get and shot. keep getting shot. And like, stop going to that corner. And like, I can't help it. This is the world we live in. Yeah, this <laughs> is like, yeah. there's the only corner available is the one where I get shot over and over right. again. So you're just like bandaging things that just keep coming back and back mm-hmm. and back. And so it's like super no wonder our sleep is a little bit dysregulated right now it right. doesn't i mean i'm sure everybody is kind of having I, that yeah experience. i think i think yeah the, ever since the pandemic i think everybody's like oh mental health is real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god great oh, lordy so help me out here with a joke a joke yeah yeah okay two goldfish are in a tank one says to the other do you know how to drive this thing that's really good that's a good minute okay so this joke is called a difficult therapy Ooh, doctor i tell you the therapy you gave me for my insomnia was too hard the doctor what i just recommended warm milk honey and a hot bath before going to sleep what's so hard about that patient well milk and honey was easy but the hot bath i was never able to drink it all Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, that's some shit one of my patients would say to me a hundred percent. Oh, there are some times I'm like, wait, what? No, that's not what I meant. Huh. Yeah, you tried what? You tried what? And then I always wonder if I'm saying things unclearly because right? usually I am. Usually it was my bad. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the sometimes worst. it is. Or sometimes they come back and they're like, this thing really stuck with me. I'm like, that thing stuck with you? Out of all the things I've said, yeah. that's what stuck. <laughs> Fuck. You gotta be so <laughs> careful what you say. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this sleep episode today. And we're looking forward to hearing you tune in next week. I think we might be doing some domestic. Yeah, sort we're gonna of... check into some violent stuff. Yeah, yeah. So get ready, but hold on to your butts. Prison Mike coming yeah. out. Yeah, oh my god. Michaela's got prison mic. <laughs> we're all just gonna have to get ready for that. Just accept uh, it, everybody. <laughs> all right. Okay. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.